Welcome back to Arts About. The show about art that is apparently a work of art in itself. Oh, it's so nice to hear a different version of it. Well done, Mark. That's great. <laughs> Took a while, but I got there. Arts About is brought to you by the generosity of the McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery. And you're here with the marvellously obtuse Mark Stewart. That's my new title for you, by mm, the way. And me, Sally Bailey. John's away in Sydney hanging regatta, or in fact, actually, I think he's on his way to hanging regatta, um, which is his latest exhibition at Art House in Rushcutters Bay. But he said that he would pull up on the side of the road and talk to us a little bit later on. In the show. What are you going From, to be? Where is he in Yass? Well, did you say? maybe in Yass. The last okay. I heard he was in Gundagai. So yeah, watch out those he's... Lebanese terrorists out in Yass. In Yass? Yeah. Why? Well, they've quite a few out there. What are they doing there? Hatching plots. <laughs> <laughs> not, not plots of land either. Very good. What are you going to be talking to us about today, Mark? Uh, I'm going to talk about the eyes and light and um, what we see. Oh, mm. phenomenology or uh, yeah, you no, know, just the science of seeing and how light catches things and and where it comes from. Oh, okay, that sounds very good. Oh, mm. gosh, okay. Well, There'll be a bit of sex at the end. Oh, there always is, of course. Um, this week we're going to be talking to actor Diana McLean. She's uh, starring in a hit production that's coming to the Frankston Arts Centre on April the 5th. It's called Glorious and it's the story of Florence Foster Jenkins from New York, possibly the worst opera singer in the world. That's on April the 5th. That was the film they made last year, is oh, it? Oh, I don't know. Well, well did Yeah, they? it was a wealthy guy who... No, it's um, a woman. Oh, it's a woman. Florence, yes. I uh, know, yes. No, it was a, a man who was uh, funding her, and they made a film ah. about it, how she was the worst possible. They managed to get her into all these different places because she was funding her. Well, anyway. poor Diana McLean, who um, is an actor. She's a television actor that you might have... You might know her From the 70s, name. no? Yes, she's that's right. She's quite famous uh, She's going to be starring as Florence, <coughs> and uh, it'll be very interesting to hear mm. how she's managing to hit so many bum notes. And to make it entertaining. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So we're going to hear from her in a little bit. We're also going to be talking to Janelle De Silva about her show, Frank Ganistan, which is on during the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Uh, It's a one-woman show, and it's backed by popular demand after a very popular season at the Melbourne Fringe. Yeah, she's funny. Yeah, we talked to her last time about her show, about Frank Ganistan. So that's going to be very interesting to talk to her. So while we actually get her on the line, I've got a track here from the incredible Dynamic Hypnotics, which you, you may or may not know know of. No, I think you've played them once before. No, No, they're a Sydney band and uh, fronted by the extraordinary continental Robert. Here's a song that they did called Hepno Beat. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. She's been a marathon runner, is an actor, personal development coach and a performance artist and we've had her on the show uh, during the Friends Festival last year to talk about her two shows that were on then. Janelle De Silva joins us this morning to talk about her, the second coming of Frankganistan, the one-woman show she devised to explain a little bit about growing up in Frankston as a bi-Asian Australian. Good morning, Janelle. Good morning, Sally Mark. How are you both? Good, Janelle. Thank you. Thanks so much I, for talking to us today. Sorry, Janelle, since when were you bi? I read your review, the it um, says blurb, by a- Asian is what I read, but oh, perhaps, I see. I've, perhaps I've read it <laughs> incorrectly. <laughs> Look, yeah, there is, we're <laughs> going right into the closet there. Look, I, I'm not ashamed to say, I would call myself pansexual. Pansexual, not, not okay. Bisexual. Yeah, okay. That's even more interesting. Okay, Frank, you're bringing Frankenstein back to Frank's. No, not back to Frank's. You're bringing it to the comedy festival this year. That's fan- extraordinary. Tell us a little bit about Frank Ganistan. Okay, so Frank Ganistan is my. I call it my sonnet to Frankston. Um, it's taken me a while to, to integrate my growing up, but now as a woman and a professional performer, I look back on the first 
you know, 20 years of my life or so. And, um, and I'm really, I'm really happy and grateful for everything that I experienced growing up in Frankston. It was absolute myriad of, of experiences and, um, it really shaped a lot of who I am today as a, as a mother and a woman and a performer. So yeah, I wanted to celebrate that. Well, what was it like growing up in Frankston? Oh goodness, it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I was, but that was, sorry, that was the 80s you were talking about growing up? or yeah, you say, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was still it was tough, a, was it? Well, look, I don't know. I, I, from what I understand about the 70s, you know. Um, I was there in the, the 70s. Sharpies and <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and <laughs> places like Bo Morris, where I grew up, it was, there were a lot of tough gangs, you know, the Sharpies, and they had chains and razor blades, and there were a lot of gangs yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I see my family, when they immigrated, they immigrated in um, the late 60s. And most of them went to Springvale and Keysborough. Mm. And two of the of the siblings went to Frankston and were Bayside. So there was just a group of my cousins and I that, that grew up with this completely contrasting environment mm. to my cousins. Um, so where we were, you know, we were the only people of colour in our in our school. And um, still in the eighties, it's amazing. Isn't yeah, that's it? changed. Yeah. It was like there was one Sri Lankan and there was one Indian and there was me, <laughs> the three of us. Um, <laughs> and I didn't really fall into those categories, even though I had similar heritage. So I kind of received lots of other types of racism from people because they couldn't quite pigeonhole me. Mm. And I didn't even realize that I had different color skin until... You know, you get to school and then you realise what your differences are because it will let you, you know you, what they are. You, you have a different colour skin, do you? Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> I've never noticed. So, Janelle, so how yes. does this condense down into the show? Because a lot of people that will be listening today won't have seen the last version uh, and perhaps didn't hear our um, interview. I'm sure not everybody listens all the time. No. So, how does it? How does those experiences that you've, you've had growing up condense into a show? It's a one-woman show. It's pretty demanding to be on stage by yourself. Yes, it is. Um, well, actually, Sally, what what's happened in the course of my development as an as an artist is that I realised that um, there was another aspect of myself that was developed growing up in Frankston, and that was that I I developed the boganic me and. Um, and as I explored that even further, I realised his name was Noel, and and Noel is <laughs> um, another part of myself, and and he basically was the one that got me through Frankston. And so this is actually a love story. This this show about this relationship with Noel that um, I didn't realise I had, and um, but it was it was the aspects of Noel that actually got me in and out of a lot of... It got me in and it got me out of a lot of situations that were um, potentially dangerous. So Noel was a, was a character that you became. It was your, your alter ego as a, as a child growing up. Uh, look, I would have to say it was fairly unconscious alter yeah. ego, but yes. Uh, um, yeah, I would say that, yeah. Well, it, it was developed so that I could... Myself. That's that's Absolutely. something. Yeah, that's something that I've just, I've observed in um, women. A lot of women in Australia, they have to become um, sort of almost masculine, like the boys, to try and um, you know, to, to protect themselves in a way. You know, they, Very they much can't. So. Yeah, that you can't define yourself as feminine because then they'll you just be taken advantage of. Whereas if you you masculinize yourself, then you're you're one of the boys, and so you'll be left alone. 
Yeah, well, well, I was blessed with genetics that didn't really um, grace me with puberty until I was about 15. So mm. I looked like a boy <laughs> okay. in my, my young life. And, um, and Noel actually is, he is actually a typical Australian man. He, um, I like to think of him as a superior roof tiler, actually, but he, uh, he's a tradie. He loves his sausages mm. and he loves beer and he loves cold chisel. But that aspect of me wasn't really how I showed my masculine self as a, as a child growing up. I was, I was really into hip hop. I was, I thought I was a home girl. I'd wear my clothes backwards. Mm. Um, everything was oversized and yeah, so, um, but, but Noel is very much an Australian bloke. So that's the m- main character in the show. Well, no, it is, it is all about me. No. <laughs> um, so are you Noel throughout? It's about the both of us. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. So where is the production going to be on? So it's at this gorgeous little venue called Kazaritop's Dirty Secrets. It's in the basement, which is this 1920s bar in Collingwood and um, number 85th Street in Collingwood. And I understand that, I mean, I know that you did, that you had pretty good audiences last time. So much interest that you've actually added another date. You're doing three different dates at that, at Casbury Tops. Yes, I am. I, 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 um, yeah, I launched it in at the Melbourne Fringe and it went really well. I, uh, I was also doing another, um, project at the Fringe and I thought this time around I'll just do two shows because that's manageable. And they sold out, yeah, last week, early last week and I thought, Oh, we're still two weeks out from the festival. Be great if we can, so that people who want to go to the comedy festival can actually come and see the show. Yeah, so that, I, that there's worth a reason for marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what are those dates? What's what exactly is that date? The twenty eighth of so, March, is it? Yeah. So tickets. The only tickets that are still available are, are for Wednesday, the twenty eighth of March, okay. seven o'clock. Can they buy tickets um, through the comedy festival website? Through the comedy, okay, yeah. not in place. I'll, I'll put a link on our Facebook okay. page actually for our listeners. Yes, because th- we talked to you last time uh, when you were doing those two shows at the Fringe. Uh, the other one was uh, Revolution. Is that correct? Yeah, did I yeah, say it, it all right? Erotic bedtime story. That's right. For adults, that's right. Yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. Concept. And that's in July. You're doing mm-hmm. that again too, Mark tells me. I'm looking to remount it. Yes, for the Melbourne Fringe Cabaret Festival. Yeah, which is later on in July. Yes, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. And the and the run, bitch, run. We don't so know about that yet. That's an ongoing oh. philanthropic campaign that I have. Yeah, so that that's the raising money for the Kathy Freeman Foundation. Uh, running marathons in my next marathon in yes, May. <laughs> that's extraordinary. I, I mentioned just very briefly in my intro at the, at the beginning that you were a marathon runner. So this is, you are still a marathon runner. Yes. And uh, Run Bitch yes. Run, I, I did read a little story about how that actually got named. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Run Bitch Run? Yeah, sure. So this is one of the poems that will feature in Afghanistan. And um, it's one of the stories of, of growing up in living opposite Ballon Park. For all of you locals, you, you know... the. Oh, yeah, we know Ballon Park. Oh, we love Ballon Park. And so, yeah, um, yeah. look, I encountered some, yeah, a racist attack there as a young girl and um, essentially that, yeah, I was, I was basically called Cathy Freeman as if that was an insult and, um, and, as if. and, yeah, and so I've integrated that into a spoken word poem that I used to raise money for the foundation. 
Fabulous. And, okay. and so there's a marathon that's going down the Great Ocean Road, I understand, on the 20th of May, and you're running to raise money for the Kathy Freeman Foundation, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. She, might, she might need to run because um, she's going, not going to have a license soon, so she'll be becoming very <laughs> useful. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. You might be doing quite a few Janelle. marathons. You better get a few more of those going. <laughs> now, just one question, uh, Jenna. Do you, do you still have land in Frankston? Do your do your parents still own their house there? Yes, we still. Mum still lives opposite Bellum Park. Okay, so it's not changed. It's booming. Frankston's booming. Frankston is absolutely. That's going to be booming. the next spot. Uh, it's really wonderful that you're um, doing the show again. I, I hope we can maybe get it back down here. It sounds like it has a bit of a life of its own if it's sold out such a long time before the comedy festival's even up and running. Janelle De Silva, it's been great talking to you today. Frank Ganistan is on at Casbury Top's Dirty Secrets in Collingwood on the 28th of March. That's where you can get tickets and if you go to the, the, the comedy festival website uh, and and search for Frank Ganistan, that will come up. I'll also keep some um, we'd love to keep uh, up to date with uh, Revolution if that's restaged and I'll put a link as well to Run Bitch Run for you as well, Janelle. Thanks so much for talking to us today on Art about. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Janelle. you, Kelly and Mark. Bye. Bye. Great. Bye See then. you soon. See you later. Bye. You're listening to Arts About on RPPFM with Sally and Mark, and we've just been talking with Janelle De Silva about her show Frank Ganistan that's on at Casri Tops, uh, a part of the comedy festival on the 28th of March. Next up, here's a few messages from our sponsors, and after that, we're going to get to hear from Diana McLean, who's starring in the hit production of Glorious on at the Frankston Arts Centre on April the 5th. You there, Diana? Yeah. Great. Hold on one second. Up now we have on the line Diana McLean, starring actor in the hit production coming to Frankston Arts Centre on the 5th of April. McLean, she's a starring actor in the hit production coming to Frankston Arts Centre on the 5th of April. Midway through its Australian tour, the play inspired by the movie that tells a true story of the world's worst opera singer, Florence Foster Jenkins. It's been a worldwide hit. I guess she must be a rather humble person. Thank you very much for joining us on Arts About Diana McLean. Uh, yes, I was laughing because I don't think Florence was a humble person at all. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's very interesting because I did wonder, given that apparently she was a shocking singer and she yeah. gave gathered lots and lots of people around her, but they laughed at her all the time. And I, I imagined that she, perhaps I took it the wrong way. I but think I, they loved her. I think the people that stayed around her loved her because she was a character, she was eccentric. She totally believed in herself. Um, then, you know, but she, you know, there were a lot of people um, that did laugh, of course, because it was so, so, she was so dreadful as far as the singing is concerned. But, you know, she, I think she had a coterie of people that sort of protected her a bit. And, and she was just, um, she just decided to ignore all the uh, negative things that were coming her way and carry on like a ship in full sail, really. And she had the money to do it. And in those days, of course, people were a lot more polite in society than they probably are now. So I think the mere fact that she was... Um, contributing a huge amount to these charities and things that she was part of, um, people just let her go on with it, you know. Because <laughs> that's where she sang. She didn't sing in public at all until the Carnegie Hall. Um, until thing. Carnegie Hall? No, no, that was the biggest one, of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> excuse me, I have a bit of um, foggy throat. Um, but she always sang at, at, at dues that were specifically private dues that were to do with with her clubs and things that she um, belonged to and, and uh, was on the committee of, yeah. Uh, it's, did she have 
have a wealthy husband? Was that, I mean, or did you have no, a... No, she had a wealthy father. Right, who indulged her? Father, yeah, well, he didn't at first. He cut her off for years and because he didn't want her to sing. Right, she <laughs> must have been awful. <clears throat> but she started off as a pianist. She was a very good little pianist when she was younger. But she ran away. She, she was obviously extremely um, strong-minded and pig-headed. And at the age of 18, and we're talking about late 1800s, which was pretty um, naughty, she ran off and got married um, to a doctor who was a lot older than her. And um, he gave her syphilis. So the marriage lasted about a year or two years, and then she left him. She never divorced him because divorce was pretty non... You know, you just didn't mm. divorce in those days. You lost your standing in social society if you were divorced. <clears throat> she always retained the name the Foster Jenkins, Florence Foster Jenkins. Um, and um, because of this syphilis, she was as bald as a badger, and she had. they gave them terrible treatments in those days. They gave them um, mercury and... Um, and um, um, arsenic. Oh, good So grief. she would have been. She wouldn't have been feeling too she good. Lost all her hair. Yeah, no, she wouldn't have been. And they seem to think she. She always talked about the fact that she couldn't play the piano anymore because she'd done something to her hands. Well, I think it probably had something to do with the, the treatment that she could no longer. I would imagine she was mm. in constant pain, but she never complained about. It. Mm, how how incredible! Mm. So it's a play that's been written by Peter Quilter. Is that correct? Yes. And mm. and it was written after the after the film. No, oh, was a long the... time before. I oh, okay. Mm. Well, my, my, my research is a little bit skewy. Mm. I'm sorry. I think it was first performed in London in two, two, 2007. Right. With okay. Miriam Carlin in the lead. Ah, oh, oh, I see. It would have been terrific. Perfect. <laughs> well, a bit Jewish for the part, but still, she's a terrific actress and she's, you know, a good singer too. Now, obviously, it is a musical. Uh, and... Well, it's not. Oh, really? It's not really a musical. No, we, Florence just, Things, things about um, three or four arias, um, and it's very funny. It's a comedy. Is it? It's, yeah, it's a comedy with music. It's not a musical. No, nobody dances. <laughs> now, I would have, I would assume, as a trained actor, that you probably have also a trained voice. Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, I've never, I've never sung in musicals, and I come from the era where you know you didn't, you weren't all things to all people. You just sort of. Um, I think I started off in television anyway. Um, yes, I so, think in The Young um, Doctors and number oh, 96. Oh, that. Yes, along here. Yes, number 96, <laughs> number 96. <way> back then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did a lot of ABC series um, and, and, and things like that. So, you know, I've, I've got a CV as long as your arm. I try not to look at it these days. It was such a long time ago. But um, um, we, you know, I'm, I've, I've always sung. I was a very good singer at school and won all the competitions. So... But I've never really been trained, so I had to do a lot of work for this. I had to, well, that I had was to my learn question. how to sing properly, or not learn how, but you know, train my voice so that I didn't lose it. So that, because it's a very different way of exercising to um, ex- doing your um, exercises for the theatre for, for for the voice. It, it, you come to at it from a different direction, and, and so it, if um, if the point really, which I guess it it is, the point is that she was a terrible singer, and yet uh, she became so incredibly well known, and she sang, in, you know, in the forties on stages in New York. Yes. That, well, no, that, that no her voice only must once, have... only once on stage. Um, okay. At, at Carnegie Hall, she, she still it was put, Carnegie she Hall. She recorded her voice. Did she, she recorded. That's why we've got 
all that dreadful stuff. She paid for her own recording, um, which would have been called like Vanity Press, like Vanity, Vanity Recording. And she, um, that's, um, and she distributes it to, the, to all and sundry, particularly in her club. And she sold them for charities and everything else. So, Fabulous. <laughs> that was uh, how how she remained sort of in in the in the thing. I became um, in the in the what was the word I'm looking for? You know, remained known. To yes. Um, but I became aware of her actually in the late sixties when I was a young voiceover. When I still did voiceover work uh, for commercials, but I was a young voiceover artist in Melbourne, and they wanted me to do Mrs. Miller for um, Mobile Oil or something commercials. And Mrs. Miller was a modern version of Florence. She sang um, pop songs yes, in I, the 60s. Yes, I, I, Very I know of her. <laughs> and so I did Mrs. Miller, and, and, and in doing that, I came across Florence Fox Jenkins, so I did know of mm. her. Yeah. Well, then, obviously, you've had some experience in trying to sing badly as well. It's not too hard to sing opera badly <laughs> if you're not an opera singer, believe me. <laughs> I have quite a few friends that are opera singers and I wouldn't dare. <laughs> it's, um, it's, I have such admiration for them after, after having to, to practice, um, practice singing and, and breathing and stuff. It's, it's just, I don't know how they do it and act at the same time. Mm, it's, yes, it's a miracle physic- to me. Physically oh, demanding. Absolutely. Yes. Now, you're, it's not a one-woman show, is it? I think you have some uh-huh. co-stars. Who's in, who's in the show Well, I don't know the two new ones. Ah. Think, um, I'm afraid I don't have their names for you at the moment. Um, there are two new new members of the cast, and I haven't met them yet. Ah. So um, we could find that for you. I'm oh, sorry. no, that's, that's all right. I, that I, on hand. I thought but, perhaps you were touring with them. No, I, I did, was last time, but we're, I lost two members of the cast. I'm the only remaining one. There's only, it's only a three-hander. It was yeah. written for five, and they, she, he also did this cut-down for three. And um, the husband is not in it, but it's still incredibly funny. It's really between... It's about Cosme's relationship with Florence and how he learns to sort of, you know, from, from being a... And Cosme McMoon was an actual person. He... Because he, um, they were all actual people, you know, Cosme McMoon and the rest of them, they, the husband and everything else, they did exist. And he was a very fine pianist and properly trained, so he was horrified when he was first hauled into Florence's apartment and asked to accompany her. But he, he grew to absolutely love her in the end, and that's what this journey is. And it's very, it's very funny. It's, 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 a, it's a comedy. It's terribly funny. It's wonderful. People well, laugh their heads off. <laughs> well, it's coming to Frankston on the uh, 5th it of is, April. It is, and which... as I said to you before, I played Frankston a couple of years ago at a play called 4,000 Miles where I played Dira, um, a 93-year-old Jewish uh, left-wing person. And um, it, I looked it up. It was written by Amy Herzog. I just forgot who the author mm. was for a moment. But um, so I know it's a lovely theatre, frankly. Yes, I have been it, there before. It's a, it's a fabulous theatre, and uh, mm. uh, their program there is becoming more and more diverse. It's wonderful. Um, mm. uh, so... Glorious is produced by Hit Productions, which are also yeah. a Melbourne-based theatre touring company. Indeed. Uh, who we're very grateful for because they bring lots of different plays to out into they the do. regions. They do, they a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm, I think recently we spoke to uh, the director of Shirley Valentine that was here a few years ago. Right. Uh, but I think it's um, uh, wonderful 
wonderful to talk to you today. Was that Danny Lawrence as well, who's directing Gloria? Do you know you're testing me now? I can't, oh, quite, right. I, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, I, I do know that uh, we've, we keep coming across hit productions and it's wonderful to see and wonderful to be able to promote what's going on at Frankston Art Centre because it is a terrific theatre. And you know, the more, the more that we get theatre out to, to the people, the better and the more you know, I look in the papers and I see that they're going to build more sports arenas and I think, why not put money into the arts? Why not put it into theatre a bit more too? Because people love to go, particularly in... You see, we do a lot of country towns and, mm. you know, they wouldn't get that opportunity otherwise. No, well, it's something that we bang on a lot about here at Arts About, mm. I've got to tell you. No, we, we absolutely agree. Uh, it's Good. wonderful to talk to you today. Thank you, you so that. very I much, Diana McLean. And, uh, yes, I... I the Frankston Arts Centre have given me a couple of uh, tickets to give away Great. for the night. So if any of our listeners are interested to come, send me uh, a message on our Facebook page and we'll organise that. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun for you. Oh, she's lovely to play. I love, I love Florence. Thank I you. think the audience do too. <laughs> Thank you very much, Diana McLean. My pleasure. Wonderful son. to talk Thank to you. you. Bye. 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 That was Diana McLean talking about Glorious coming on at the Frankston Arts Centre. Now, while we get ourselves organised to get John on the line, here is a little bit of Mark Bolan, who's one of my fabulous favourites, with Cat Black. Woohoo, are you there, John? Here I am. Ah, where are you? I'm south of Yass, Sally. We've been pulled over by the police here. They're searching the car. Oh, I hope there's no contraband in there. Is Apparently, there? I'm a known associate of someone called Mark Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep that joint behind your ear, John. They won't see a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on the way up to Sydney to uh, hang regatta. Uh, it's all, well, no, it's all hung and it's all done. It's oh, all, you're uh, ready to just swan in then? Well, no, he's just going to pick up his cheque. It's all sold, you know? It's all been fabulous. In fact, the show was opened by the Lord, the Deputy Lord Mayor of Sydney. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Um, who's, Jeff, who's he? Someone or other, Jeff Reynolds or yeah. someone, her name is, and uh, she was a cool cat of a Deputy Lord Mayor. Mm. How, why is it they're opening it without you? It's a good question, isn't it? It is a good question, John. <laughs> they don't it's need you the, anymore. It's the um, time continuum. It's kind of I know it's it's it's, it's gone around in circles. We're all a little bit lost here the, ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. No, listen. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll yep. fess up. Yep. I'm on my way up there, and we're pre-recording this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's the truth, listeners. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that's very... Yeah, but I've, just at, I've just been at my brother's place up at Spring Spur, up in um, the Victorian High Plains, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about Tafra, uh, or as Amanda points out, it should be called Tafra. Mm-hmm. There's only an A, isn't there? No double A, no mm-hmm. R. Tafra. Tafra. Oh, my goodness, one of the fires. fires there. Yes. Yeah. And Steve was telling me about Tafra, and he said that there's a, a reef out off the coast there, about 150 metres off the coast, and there was a shipwreck out there. And uh, the ship got caught on the reef in a terrible storm, and the water was very, very rough, and they couldn't get anyone off the boat. But they were carrying some livestock. Uh, so one of the sailors, tied a rope around a pig and uh, secured it to the end of the rope and they hurled the pig overboard and pigs apparently quite good swimmers. Very good. 
and it headed off. It sort of had a look around, saw where the shore was, and headed off. And it kept disappearing under water and doing a bit of surfing and rolling around in the surf and having a terrible time. But eventually made it to shore, where there was someone who was able to haul the heavier rope across, and then got everyone off the ship. Saved by a pig. They got everyone off the ship, Mark. No one was drowned. Um, No one was even hurt. They got them all off the ship on the big hawser. And then they shot the pig and had it for breakfast. Exactly. (laughs) They barbecued the pig on the beach. Is is this by any chance the Bankura? I don't know. That's that boat that had the zoo on it, didn't it? It, Yeah, that had the Uh, wild animals on it. That was we have in our collection, and it's a Norville Watson painting. And curiously enough, Norville just contacted me a couple of days ago because he had done an an earlier version of that painting that is incomplete, a much bigger one, and he sent me a picture of it. I think I might put it on the Facebook page because he said that there there were zoo animals on it. Yeah, uh, but that was in, on the Victorian coastline, I think, wasn't it? Oh, well, it, it, I, that's what Down I was wondering. The there were, were, there the were many shipwrecks. Yeah, okay. <coughs> it's yeah, perhaps it not the, the same one, apparently. Mm. Well, yeah. yeah, look at the... Look but they don't the, often get saved by pigs. That's for <laughs> no. Sure. no, that is a really good story. <laughs> I'm sure George Orwell would love that story. And so as we speak, I know you're, that as we speak now, and as people are listening, your show will be hanging and it will have opened already. Um, but as we've, we've already outed ourselves. Yes, but we, all, but we also gone. know that it's sold. <laughs> well, the good news is, yes. Mark, that it, that's probably the truth, given that uh, we're on our way up there and it won't in fact open till tomorrow night. But when it does, I'll be able to open it with more than half of it sold. Oh, oh, that is really, that's fabulous. Mm. That's very exciting. Do you think you could get Amanda to take a couple of pictures of you swanning about in the crowd so we can post that up on the Facebook page? Yes, too? I can do that. And I'll tell you something else about Amanda. Yes. Mark, you'll be interested in this. Mm-hmm. Amanda has packed her Amanda Proctor gown, mm. made by Amanda Proctor, which she's going to wear to the Art Gallery of New South Wales to view the Thea Proctor gown. <laughs> <laughs> So glad. Well, we'd like a picture of that as yes. well. Yes, uh, yeah, okay. I want to see what it's like. The uh, being mm. early, John, I'd be very interested to hear your, you, whether you're, you find an equilibrium or an engaged by the supposed. Well, we'll have a look around, and um, you'll tell us about. I'm it. sure there's going to be something that will engage us. Good, fabulous. Now, Even well, if it's only Lloyd Reed's shoes. Yes, that's true. Mm. Downstairs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, safe travelling and chukas for uh, Saturday night or tomorrow night, I think. And um, please send us some pictures and we look forward to having you back in the studio. Will we have I've you just, back in the I've, studio next I've week? I've got a question for you, no. John. No, okay. John, do you know yes, why Mark. Do you know why birds don't have a cock or balls? Um, no, well, no. I don't know why. I know they don't, but no. I don't know why. Well, can you imagine trying to fly with a heart on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. All right, then. <laughs> Moving right along. Have hey, a look at the next bird, John. And I think I've tried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, but it's wonderful. They gave up all their um, their their sexual attributes so they could fly. I think it's a wonderful... Right. Um, it was very generous so of them. The dinosaur sported. The bird, however, doesn't. No, exactly. Thanks for talking to us. And uh, I think we'll be calling you again next week as well, then, if you're not going to be here. Yeah, um, I look forward to it. Safe, safe driving, travels. John. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay, so it's your turn now.
Right. Well, I'm going to bore you for a moment. Why? Well, I'm going to talk about the eyes and explain. Well, that's not necessarily boring. Well, no, is it? but I was going to say, don't glaze over yours. Oh, okay. If you can. So, no, I won't. so you know, the eyes are two tough balls of tissue yes. containing transparent jelly. Yes. At the at the front of each eye is a transparent covering called the cornea. The coloured part is the iris, as you know, which surrounds the pupil, which is basically a dark hole through which light enters the eyeball. Mm-hmm. Six muscles connect the eyeball to the bones in the eye socket to move it around. The optic nerve, which is the most important part, runs out of the back of the eye to the brain. So where does this light come from, Sally? Well, it comes from the, the burning of the sun. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and um, Bouncing around. Bouncing around, things, coming through, yeah. all in waves, it's in yeah. waves. And how far away from us is the sun? Uh, well, isn't it something like... Close to 170 million miles away. 149 million. 149 million. million. 0.6 million, yeah. Okay, somewhere yeah. In no, you're close, yeah. not far. And how long does it take for the light to reach us as it gets into our dark hole of our okay. people? So it's probably 150. It's got to come about, uh, it's going, what, 300,000 three, three, uh, 300, miles per second, second, yeah. second? Yeah. It's got to be about Ks, 50 Ks. Ks, sorry. It's got to be about. 500 seconds or something like that. Yeah, which is about, what, eight, uh, eight minutes? Ten minutes. Eight yeah, minutes eight and minutes. 20 seconds. Yeah. yeah, not bad. So that's each... each I'm trying to do rate. maths on the fly yeah. here. <laughs> You're doing all right. So that's how the light gets to it. Now, once it's entered the, the eyeball, it passes through your pupil to the lens. Mm-hmm. Okay. The lens uh, uh, and the eyeball are both uh, curved. So the light, as it enters, turns around, becomes upside down in yes. the back of our heads. So we're seeing everything upside, upside down. down. Okay, but our brain, which is just the most extraordinary thing, manages to turn it around because it doesn't make any sense for no, it to be upside down. Yeah. Well, it, no, it doesn't, yeah. and, and it, so they, it turns it around, and it um, defines two thirds of, of what you're seeing. So you're only looking at a third of something. I've spoken about this before, mm. and the rest of it is being filled in by your brain. The same for our hearing; it's our brain which is digitally filling in what you're hearing and sending back to your nerve endings what what it is you've just seen. What's things. in between? What's in between? And we do this. The brain does that so that we're not using all our senses all the time right. it's a um, safety valve so we don't heat up heat over right that's the whole idea clever okay brain. The clever brain it's amazing what it can get up to so cells in the retina send messages along the optic nerve to the brain which not only turns it uh, the right way up but fills in the, those two-thirds all this to say that I was at the Acker exhibition mm-hmm. in, in uh, Sturt Street called Femina, and the light did not bounce back from any objects or paintings. Oh, did they have that uh, black paint that Manish Kapoor no, developed? No, 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 no. It was just that nothing was really catching my eye, <laughs> basically. And it's um, it's a, an exhibition which is, I'd love you to go and see it, being, mm. being a woman. And in see. fact, Gary Willis, who sometimes comes on the show, Dr. Gary, uh, he recommended that I should go and have a look at it okay. as well. Okay, good. Mm. Well, because it was Femina, isn't it? Femina, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was mostly for me a, a lot of um, slogans and complaints. But there was one very good artist called Fran- Frances Phoenix who died last year and she was doing um, sort of um, lace uh, little handbags that looked like vaginas and things like that. It was mm. quite, they were quite well made though. They were, mm. they were not vulgar in any sense. Now, there's the lawn sculpture um, yes. exhibition on, which yes, I know is. somebody, a collector of mine who went there, who said she was found it was a little bit all over the place. Um, that's uh, well, just I one mean, person. Physically it is, physically because it's it from is. one end yeah. of the This of was the more bed, metaphorically yeah. speaking, <coughs> oh, really? she was saying, but um, you know, that, that's on until, I think, end of April? Um, yeah, I think it right. is. And the other place I saw was um, the Buxton Contemporary, which is next to the Melbourne Recital Centre. 
Have you been there? No, so, I haven't, no. but I have heard about I mean, I've read about it, read of It's a lovely space. Buxton, of course, are the yes. land people, so um, he's put... And he has been, I can't remember what, what his first name is, but he's been collecting this work for some while with curators. With curators, this is it. So with, it's, a, with, an ex- with a gallery in mind, gallery I think, in at the beginning. Yeah, yeah which is what he's done. But at the same Australian thing, artists. Uh, I guess so, I guess so. Mm. I, I, by the time I'd got there, I was a little bit... Um, once again, nothing really stuck in my mind, but I'd love to, you, if you go and see whether mm. you can um, find Maybe something. Maybe we should go up there as a group one day and, have a, look. and have yeah. a look, and then we can mm. tell each other what we think. So the other thing is uh, Moss Green Gallery is closed, as you yes. probably know. Paul yes. Summers looking at a few years in jail. Oh, my goodness. Um, and and people, well, how did that eventuate? Um, he had an... Well, look... Paul did a lot of good things, but he was, as often happens, as often happens in the art world, there's a lot of possibility of skullduggery and abs- because no one really knows what the value of something yeah. is until someone else tells them. And he played around with that. But he, he did do some really good shows. He sold a lot of work for a lot of people. Unfortunately, many people put stuff in for their for auction. Some people, 400 items. They've been offered $355.22 back for each item. That's what the receivers have, and some people have lost millions. Oh. Oh my goodness, that's a terrible so, thing. So that's a terrible thing. That's the end of Moss Green. Mm. Um, and that's it. Okay. Okay. Um, just listening to that piece of music that you played, the first one, the hip, the, the hip, hip, no hip, hip, they, yes. there was a moment there where there was absolute silence. Yes. And I like it when they do that. Sometimes yes. there's that moment of silence. It's like a little like, cliff edge. Exactly. Isn't it? I don't know if you've ever heard John Cage's four minutes and 37 seconds of silence. I have. If you see it on YouTube, he, yes. the, the pianist comes up, he opens the lid of the piano, sits down, and then just puts his head down and sits there for four minutes and oh, 37 seconds. So no. you can have a live version. Oh, okay. No, I've seen John Cage once and performed with Lou Reed in London. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty good songs yeah. for Drella. Yeah. Yes, okay. that was rather extraordinary. So that's it, is it? That's it. Oh, okay then. Well, I tell you what, I'm going, I've got another little track here which you might like, which is one from Mick Jagger. It's called uh, Mimo from Turner. And I'd actually not heard it for so many years, but uh, here it is. Mick managed to do a few good songs. Yeah. What year was that? So guess what, Mark? What? It's time for the news. Oh, do you know what year that was, that music? Uh, no, I don't know, but I think that that was... No, I don't know when that was. Maybe early 80s? Find out. That's Mick Jagger we are talking about, everybody. It is time for the news. Hark. So, Frank Ganistan is uh, is coming to Collingwood, starring the irrepressible Janelle De Silva, which is on, and it's on at Casbury Top's Dirty Secrets in Collingwood on the 28th of March. Uh, I think it's on in the middle of April as well, but you can't get tickets for that because it's already sold out. Uh, yes. Verbatim is on at the Footscray Arts Centre, 22nd, 24th of March. Tickets go to footscrayarts.com. Yeah, that's <coughs> part of the... Uh, Festival of Live Arts that's going on in Melbourne at the moment. The art play on the Art of Sports still on the MPRG, um, as is Lola Greeno's beautiful uh, cultural jewels there. Um, that's in the same space up one end of the room. It's really just remarkable. Um, over the holidays coming up, there's going to be quite a few workshops happening at the MPRG, specifically for kids. There's a grass drawing with an artist called Kerry Pollinsand. Pollinsand, do you know she her? She made that up. I've seen some... Uh, she did something in Hastings. Oh, uh, did she? Yeah, on the grass there. And they look, it looks great. It's basically just uh, the white lines, you know, and, and doing cross, yes. crisscrossing white lines. Okay, I think good. she's going to do that here at, yeah. uh, at MPRG. Go to the, their website if you want to see a few things for kids to do over the holidays. 
Sorry so, if, that, if that typewriter was a bit loud. It yeah, might have been. No, that's right. John Baird is on at the Art House in Gallery in Sydney in March. Get there quick because they are selling like hotcakes. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds mm. like that's wonderful news, though. Um, the 21st Biennale of Sydney, um, the public, uh, the calendar's out and events um, programs is live now, so you can go to the website to see what's on. On at Frank's and Arts Centre soon is Glorious Thursday, April 5th, uh, telling the story of Florist Jen- Foster Jenkins, who we were just talking with Diana, uh, one of the worst opera singers in history. I don't know yeah. why that's, she's getting such a... I, I, I'm not sure, that, cause, but it really, it's almost like a genre. There's been quite a few of them over history, through mm. art history. There was a Chinese woman as well, I remember, who, who was a singer who was so bad. Apparently and Margaret, um, the Queen Elizabeth's uh, sister, was a very bad singer. Was she? And, and insisted on, have, you know, after she had a few glasses, of, too many glasses of champagne, she'd be singing away. Oh, well, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Well, Francis Bacon apparently <laughs> who hasn't shut, done her, that shut her down. <laughs> So, um, okay, so coming up at uh, oh, Melbourne Mel- Fringe Applications, they are open uh, on April the 9th, which is coming up in a week or so. If you've got a show that you've been sort of sitting on for a while that you think you could uh, would like to make it get into shape, uh, contact them because they actually really help you get that idea onto the stage. Um, there's a new Easter Salon and Art Parade coming up on March 31st at Whistlewood. Aboriginal works in informative commentary by Susan McCulloch. It's free, but you can register your place on Eventbrite. Yeah, they fill up pretty fast too, mm. so if you are interested in going, make sure you, you do that. Um, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival is coming up, as we mentioned earlier, because Janelle De Silva is going to be part of it. Um, you know, um, have a look at their website. There'll be loads and loads and loads of things on if that's your thing. Um, okay, and Bear, the musical is a a stunning production which explores the difficulties young LGBTIQ people have coming out, coming out. Yeah, yeah having coming no. out. All right, so mm. yeah, having coming. Mm. No. Wait, as on, well, in the trauma associated with mental health, suicide, drug addiction, teen pregnancy, bullying, and drivers sticking in the right-hand lane, and the consequences of what repression causes. Mm. In another stage reduction on Chapel of Chapel, and will be on March 20th, April 15th. Yeah, that's another stage art production. Uh, we've talked to the directors and CEOs of that in the past. They do some pretty interesting and diverse work going on there. And there's the Lawn Biennale, of course, and up until the 2nd of April. Yeah, yes, uh, and there's, lots, there's a lot of pieces in that. If you're um, feeling like a drive out uh, down to Lawn, Just I suggest you can... Chinese tourists. Or, no, the bicycles on the, on no, the road. We don't hit them. If you've just tuned in, you've missed starts about. You can, um, you can hear the repeat of this show on Wednesday at 12. Or you can, uh, have a look at the podcast or try and get that up on, which is on the station website. We've got a Facebook page. I'll try and put links up to some of the things we've been talking about and also to herald a few things that are coming up in the future. Uh, it's been wonderful. We'll be back again same time next week, 11 a.m. on a Sunday. And remember, everybody, we may not know everything about art. Oh God! Do we know what we like? Uh, yeah. I do know. you know what you like? I think I think I do. I, yeah. I know a lot of things I don't like. Hopefully, I won't be on the panel again next week. Sorry if it's been a bit clunky this week, folks. Uh, and John, we'll have John live next time. Shall we? I'm not sure.